This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we are speaking to Stephen Hunt Griffiths. He is a chief reputation officer, the coolest title on the planet, ladies and germs, chief reputation officer of the Reputation Institute. And he's talking with us today about the brand and, of course, the brand as it, it gets pressure tested out there in the marketplace as you develop, if you're a company or organization or service or, or, or what have you, a product, and you're trying to deliver your promise, as Stephen was saying, your reputation really is what's going to drive the extent to which people will believe what you have to say. I want to talk about this because you are leading the way and leading the charge on quantifying. This is so hard because we, a lot of times, Stephen, what happens is I talk to people and they think marketing is like fluffy stuff. You know, it's like this always qualitative and it's really, you you know, soft and fuzzy. And what you're saying is no. You're saying that we can actually literally quantify reputation and track it over time and understand how companies, services, products, organizations, brands are doing in this space. Is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, We have empirical data that goes back prior to the Great Recession, in fact, Mm. over 20 years of research that helps us understand the the context of how reputation moves markets, so we can align measures of reputation with shifts in share price value. We can look at it relative to market cap. We can look at other economic indicators such as purchase behavior, employee engagement, um, all sorts of metrics that align the empirical evidence that says that reputation is critical to enhancing success of the business. And typically in any given year, we're talking to a swath of around a million individual respondents around the world across 22 different countries to validate this hypothesis. Mm -hmm. And whether you're in a BRIC nation that's a developing market or you're on the cusp of Western civilization in the UK and the US and beyond, we know reputation matters, and, mm-hmm. and that's uh, critical as, as a form of measurement. And so I, I want you to, without revealing the secret sauce, if you will, uh, Stephen, I want you to talk a bit, as much detail as you can, about the brand reputation index or this brand rep- reputation score. My understanding is that the Reputation Institute, of which you are chief reputation officer, uh, has just released its annual U.S. RepTrack 100 rankings. Is this correct? That, that is correct. And, and what the rankings represent is a combination of how people feel mm. about the corporate brand and ultimately how they think. And, and the feel part is measured based on a, a, an algorithm that calibrates the esteem, admiration, trust, mm. and respect that you would attribute to any given company. So when you hear the words Procter & Gamble, it's capturing that sort of visceral emotional reaction instantaneously mm. and can basically providing a spectrum of a score of 0 to 100 on how it calibrates versus a competitive set. Mm -hmm. And then we dig deeper, and then we deconstruct, cognitively speaking, how people think Mm -hmm. based on seven core dimensions and 23 discrete attributes which become the drivers Mm -hmm. of your potential to increase reputation. So it's connecting how people feel to how they think and using it as a framework for measurement to compare versus competition. And what the most recent study found, and this is really fascinating, is the first time since uh, the end of the Great Recession, we saw a global decline in reputation. Mm. We've seen increases literally incrementally one year after the other until this past year where we saw a significant decline. In fact, we lost three three pulse points of reputation across all companies measured um, in the United States. Okay. And this is is for the United States companies, yes? 
This is U.S. We, we also mm. measure globally, but I'm going I'm to focus on the U.S. because okay. I think w- what was critical here was a, an erosion of trust that was truly significant. Mm. So overall, all companies measured in, in the U.S., there were just over 900 that we measured, uh, three, po- three pulse point decline in in overall reputation. If I tell you that one pulse point translates to $1 billion of market cap, then we start to take the conversation very seriously. Wow. $1 billion. So we're talking about $3 billion of market cap that has completely disappeared as a function of, across the board, 900 companies that were surveyed and analyzed in this report uh, in terms of their reputation falling, trust eroding. Is that what you're saying? Total erosion of trust. Hmm. And, you know, think about what's happened in the world in the past uh, two years. Uh, we, we've seen the emergence of tweet ranting, and not just in the political <laughs> stratosphere, but in general, right? Yes. Um, but we've also think, seen things like the emergence of fake news. We used to trust the news media. We used to trust companies. Yes. Uh, we've seen data breaches, um, significant ones at companies like Equifax. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen record profits on Wall Street, which creates the expectation for your desire to give back to society. We've seen the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. All these things, all these intangibles have significantly eroded trust across all companies. So uh, what we, where we are today is there's a strong correlation between absence of trust and significant decline in reputation. Unbelievable. This is frightening stuff because I was just, you know, listening to the radio as everyone is, uh, the news as well, Stephen, and I'm, you know, checking out Zucks and uh, how he lost apparently $11 billion of his own personal wealth in the last week or so. Yep. Uh, and this idea, t- tell, me where, tell me where Facebook is on your list. Yep, Facebook doesn't feature in the top 100. In fact, we've seen Facebook go through a precipitous decline. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, the uh, Cambridge Analytica Mm -hmm. uh, debacle was a big part of that, but actually goes back over a number of years. Um, And I think part of the challenge with companies like Facebook, they've become so myopic in the product delivery experience, Mm -hmm. in the the pursuit of innovation, they forget about one thing that's especially critical in today's world. Corporate social responsibility. Corporate social responsibility. Talk and about you, that. If you don't have it, you're at risk. Mm-hmm. And, and so companies like Facebook, um, Volkswagen, ah. Wells Fargo, mm-hmm. to name a few, are examples <laughs> of companies that really, um, in the court of public opinion, were accused of lack of corporate social responsibility, mm-hmm. of doing dishonest things, of lacking integrity. And it comes back to hurt them in terms of their overall reputation scores in the long term. Wow. So you mentioned Wells Fargo and uh, Volkswagen had the emissions scandal, this brand crisis that really hurt the hurt the reputation of the brand, Stephen. Uh, and so what do you think is so, – I mean I, I look at – you know, in some senses, we, we see Zucks. I like to refer to him as Zucks, by the way. Uh, he seems like a really nice guy. But, you know, recent news came out, uh, I think today, that, you know, they are, they, Facebook is trying to eliminate or, or is empirically eliminating about one million uh, fake accounts and uh, inappropriate accounts per day. And so at what point as we as consumers are going to give some of these big tech companies a, a break, right? In some senses, it's like, yeah, the reputation of Facebook is taking a hit. But like, what are we expecting them to do at that kind of scale? And they can't be checking, you know, everything, right? So how, does, how do companies like Facebook that have such a, a huge deep reach, how do they protect their reputation vis-a-vis your analyses that you track at the Reputation Institute? Well, 
it's it's a it's a tough place right now. So the 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 real answer to the question is you proactively manage your reputation so that when your crisis comes, you have enough emotional equity in the bank to trade off, so you don't get yourself into a pickle like this. But I suppose where Facebook is today is we zero in onto uh, the sort of metric of governance, and governance is the the honesty metric, are, are you open, are you transparent, are you operating with integrity, mm-hmm. do you put your good intentions of, of doing the right thing first and foremost. And, and clearly, over the last two, three years, even going back to the meddling around the, uh, the Russians, uh, if, if that indeed is true, it's an allegation, of course, but there are accusations that that has happened. All these things are examples of, of bad governance, mm-hmm. um, where systems should have been put in place um, integrity should have been of, of, of paramount, mm-hmm. and so therefore, Facebook is now going through a, 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 a tough time because of that loss of uh, trust, um, and it's going to take a lot of uh, a lot of very strong uh, and conservative action on on metrics of governance in in truly putting measures in place so that this never happens again, not just about data breach, Mm -hmm. but against the access to uh, an individual's personal data, Mm -hmm. uh, even down to how it operates from from an advertising model standpoint. Um, There needs to be a lot of security precautions put in place for Facebook to regain the reputational equity at at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. It's in a mode of reputation risk. And, and, and Zuckerberg by himself is not going to be strong enough to get the company out of this uh, current quagmire. Listeners, we are speaking with Stephen Han Griffiths. He is chief reputation officer of the Reputation Institute. He's telling us how to protect the brand. He's telling us the extent to which you should invest resources and effort into the overall business mission. But in terms of the reputation and the values of the business vis-a-vis uh, trying to build up that equity versus putting time and effort into the product. Let's jump to the phone lines. We've got Jessica from New Jersey. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the program. Hi, Americus. How are you? I'm doing very well. What's your question? <laughs> I, um, you know, this is this is so timely. This topic, and I appreciate your guests being on. Um, as a small business, not a Procter and Gamble, not a Facebook, but Kona Benelli is the name of the business, and and we've come to I have struggled with the brand identity of do I put all my eggs in one basket as to promote the brand identity and the mm-hmm. reputation of the main parent company or the product, which is which is a different name. It's called the Throby. But when you're building a social networking community and you have your, um, your Facebook and your Instagram and all that, does it go under the parent company? Does it go under the product company? Mm. What if the product spins off as a as a different beast, or what if, God forbid, it gets, you know, a bad reputation itself, mm-hmm. should that not affect the parent company? So if you were to choose, which would you go with, the parent company or the product in terms of, mm. you know, your mm-hmm. whole universe, your business? What are your thoughts, Stephen? Well, I think the, uh, the council would be prioritized for the long term, the enterprise, because if people buy into your company, they will consistently purchase your product and come back again. Mm. Um, oh, even, thank goodness. Even, I love your answer and your <laughs> accent, and it's wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, but I would say the, the, the word of caution is, and, and something you said was, you know, if, if we have a product problem, would it negatively impact on the company? Well, maybe we, we don't tell the, 
the, the general public what the name of our company is so that we can maybe launch another product, well, mm. that would be a very dangerous proposition. Mm-hmm. In today's digital age, people know how to connect products to companies. It doesn't take a lot of effort. So uh, I would say as you build equity in building the company, obviously delivering and excelling on your, on your products and services is key to consolidating your reputation. So uh, I would advise you to, to act cautiously in that regard. Very, very cool. We appreciate the call, Jessica. Thanks a lot. Uh, Jessica is a friend of the Wharton School and this p- program in particular. Uh, she is a fantastic individual. Thanks for that call. Uh, I love this idea that you're talking about building out the reputation Stephen, I, I, we, we're pushing up a little, uh, a little bit uh, against time here, but I do want to cover a couple of additional things. I want you to tell our listeners, this is very important, uh, you mentioned so, seven core dimensions, seven core dimensions of reputation that, uh, that your index tracks. Can you give us some insight into those seven things? And maybe that's a way to kind of lay out a bit of a roadmap for companies to be a little bit more diligent and focused in on those seven things as levers to make sure that they are pulling the right um, reactions toward developing the right equity with respect to their brand reputations. Absolutely. So the seven dimensions of products and services is one, innovation, two, workplace, governance, citizenship, leadership, and performance. These seven dimensions represent 100% of the weight of reputation of any given company. Mm -hmm. Where we've seen significant increases in the past three years are on the metrics of citizenship and governance. What oh. it basically says is the general public have very high expectations for not only telling the truth and operating with integrity, which is the governance metric, mm-hmm. but citizenship, which is a combination of both social and environmental responsibility. So the jury's out on both of those dimensions on whether they believe your company is, is engendering goodwill and trying to do the right thing by society. Stephen, I want to thank you so much. That was a fascinating and incredibly interesting and intellectually invigorating discussion. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Stephen, go to reputationinstitute.com. That's one word. Or follow him on Twitter at S-H-A-H-N-G-R-I-F-F. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.